Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 223 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we got the full crew here this week, starting with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. What's up, Richard? Hey, Seth. What's going on? Uh, not much. We have some sweet new standard to talk about, which is always exciting. New magic cards. There's nothing better than that. But before we get into it, we also have, back from the Mythic Invitational, not quite a Mythic champion, I guess, but still, uh, Krim. How's it going, Krim? Hey, Seth. How's it going? <laughs> so, but, but before we get into it, I gotta say... You should have listened to me, Krim. What, what do you mean? <laughs> I tried to get you off Esper for like a month, but you continued on the Esper. How did, how did it go? I guess we should tell the listeners how Esper went. Well, okay. So my issue <laughs> was not the deck choice. I mean, other pros also played Esper to a solid result. I just could not draw my lands for some odd reason. <laughs> so Ugh. I got I got my favored matchups, but I could never cast Supreme Verdict. I guess it was just, Ugh. and it wasn't like a color issue. It was just literally, can I get to the fourth land? <laughs> and I Yikes. stayed on three multiple times and uh, got some really bad draws. I at one point had to just play Snapcaster on turn two, not block with it, and then path it because <laughs> I had missed lands <laughs> okay. for like thirty that's, turns. That's that is pretty brutal. I guess the good news is I saw your. Uh, a vlog with Vince, and it looked like you were having fun in London, at least. So, did you have fun, even if the results weren't what you were hoping for? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was it, it was just a blast being, like, this is, like, first time, like, outside of the States, uh, and I, I mean, like, actually, like, over overseas and stuff, so that, w- that was just a lot of fun for me, but the, the there was that looming like cloud over me and I was just like oh remember that time when you Doran the mythic championship yeah I I, I remember that <laughs> I, I even bought a Doran to remember like to uh, like just really remember my record I got it signed by Mark Rosewater <laughs> what, what's the power and toughness of Doran Krim, for those that don't know oh yes uh, that is a zero five. <laughs> zero 5 but Krim didn't come with the static ability of using his toughness <laughs> nope no, uh, hold on there's emotional the stuff there's emotional toughness. It took a lot to to take an, a, a five beatings in a row. That that's that's okay though. Like the first time you're gonna next time will be the story of the, how the first time you put up a goose egg and the second time you made Ooh. a top eight run. <laughs> yep, yeah, yep, that's yeah, it's that's just the game the story. plan at least. And you know what the worst part is? The in the limited portion, I opened a Liliana. I just never drew her, except for in my opening hand when I had two, like one land and I had a mulligan over away. So my limited portion would have been a lot better. I, I, a lot of Twitterverse and people told me that I should, I mean, I don't know, this might have been a good idea, but actually cast Liliana. Uh, that might have helped me win some games. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I have faith that next time, Krim, you'll at least be buying a looming Altasaur and getting that size. So. <laughs> you know, at this point, that's all I can ask for. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, our topic for today is not really the Mythic Championship. We spent most of the cast last week talking about it, but we're talking new standard today, primarily. This weekend, even though it's kind of weird with the set coming out early on Arena and Magic Online, it feels like the set has been out for a couple of weeks, but actually the release was this Friday, which means we got our first big standard tournaments in the paper world. SCG, Richmond, there was a classic and an open, so we got tons of standard to talk about. Also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Mythic Edition and how that went uh, this past week, and then, of course, answer some fish mail. So, first off, uh, let's talk some standards. So, Richard, uh, in case people haven't seen all the lists, how about giving people just a quick rundown of the decks that actually showed up in the top eight, and then we'll uh, go from there and kind of talk about some of the decks and cards. All right, so the decks kind of look the same. So, the winner was uh, Mono Red Aggro, and it looks like Mono Red Aggro before War of the Spark, except... Will, will Pleum replace the experimental frenzies with some Chandra fire artisans? And then in the sideboard, there's some Tybalt's. And then the second place list was actually mono red as well. Uh, this time, no War of the Spark main deck, Tybalt's in the sideboard. So, so Tybalt's done it. He is being played in standard. Uh, <laughs> the rest of the cards, or sorry, the rest of the decks, we have Esper Control, Celestia Tokens, Bant mid-range, uh, a lot of Simic Nexus floating around in day two, but kind of just the, uh, the, the, the decks we, we know and love with just a, a sprinkling of War of the Spark thrown in. Yeah, so 
not not a huge opening weekend for War of the Spark by the results, at least as far as getting people into the top eight. Uh, most of the decks incorporated some new cards, although we didn't see too many decks I would consider War of the Spark decks. We saw some early in coverage. There was a crazy, like, 20 Planeswalker deck that Zach Alsick has been working on that's really fun, and I'm probably going to make videos of because I love Planeswalkers. But really, once the tournament got along, we didn't see that much War of the Spark stuff. Krim, what uh, what do you make of this top eight in this tournament? I mean, the, the top eight is just kind of like what you would expect week one of a new set, right? Uh, it, it's always... Week one, Mono Red comes out, usually wins the tournament, and then goes into hiding for a little bit because now everyone <laughs> is coming prepared for Red Deck. But the one that I thought I was a little surprised to see was Celestia Tokens. So that that was pretty sweet in Bant Midrange. Yeah, the Celestia Tokens, it's kind of funny. Uh, Zachary Kine? Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing Keen. I hopefully I'm pronouncing that name uh, at least uh, somewhat right. Is like the only person that can win with this deck. <laughs> he, he actually qualified for, I believe, uh, the last mythic, uh, championship through Magic Arena playing Selesnia tokens when like no one else plays Selesnia tokens. So I don't know if other people should pick up Selesnia tokens or if for some reason Zachary's just like a master of Selesnia tokens and it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. He just crushes people with that deck. Yeah. And it's basically the same list except. There are four Gideons between the main deck and sideboarded <laughs> here. Uh, but the rest is just, it's just tokens and Gideon. Just like tokens wielding the Black Blade here. There's, I mean, there is the Bant deck. The Bant deck has, like, potential. I mean, uh, I see, like, Andrea Manguji tweeting about it all week. But uh, God Eternal Oketra, it has the, like, the ch- like ability to just drop Oketra on turn three and then just go wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like I think that that's a lot that was, of power. I think that's definitely the most War the Spark influence deck, at least out of the top eight decks. And uh, that's a deck that's kinda in on the planeswalkers. I think while Gotta Turn Ketra definitely powerful, the main interaction of this deck is really Lanawar into the three mana planeswalkers. There's a full four Vivian Champion of the Wilds and three Teferi Time Raveler, which if there's one card that looked absurd all weekend on camera for more of the spark, little Teferi was <laughs> just wrecking control matchups and making people cast things at weird times and oh that card is busted but this deck Vivian is actually super cool because you can play like a flash style game which makes your like Oketras a lot better where you can like pass the turn with your Vivian up leave up a frilled mystic if you don't got to counter something flash in your Oketra untap with all your, your mana and just like go off and cast a bunch of creatures and build a huge board so I think that deck is definitely super fun looking it seems like it'd be really fun to play with Oh, yeah. And this is all assuming that your opponent also doesn't have a Teferi. <laughs> then we're both just, that's cool, your creatures have Flash, but you can only do it on your main phases. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I have run into that problem. I, I have been playing this uh, Salti Arcbow deck that I've been working on, and I've definitely had some games where you have, like, two or three Frilled Mystics in hand, and your opponent oh. plays a Teferi, and you're just like, oh, my goodness. This is, you're running about main phase to try to, like, attack into the Teferi. It's, uh, it's the worst feeling. It really- <laughs> it really is. It really is. Or, or or when I'm like playing Esper or something like that, and it's a mirror match, and we've got the Teferis on board. It's just like, oh please, 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 let me find Big Teferi or Vraska's Contempt right now. It's like your your counter spells are just the worst cards you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Speaking of Esper, Crim, since you're our expert, uh, Esper expert, what do you think about? These new builds, these were the spark builds. What uh, what new things are going on in Esper thanks to the new cards in the format? Uh, so right now you're seeing a lot. I mean, surprise, the little Teferi. But um, and then on top of that, we're seeing Narsets, uh, the Parter of Veils, because Parter of Veils makes it has a passive of each opponent can't uh can't draw more than one card each turn, which is very relevant in the mirror match as it blanks Chemister's Insights and of course, uh, one of the more like I think is it was it Simic Nexus that had a crazy day two conversion rate? Um, yeah, Simic Nexus didn't show up that much in the top eight, but I believe it was the most played deck on day two and just kind of like crushed it on day one. Oh yeah, see, so like Narset is huge there. Like Narset and Teferi in that matchup, like Little Teferi is absurd. Um, it just keeps it so that because like most of their decks just like filled with like cantrips, things like uh the 
the whatever the two mana explore card that draws a card chemistry's insight uh all those cards and it's just loaded with those and when they're stuck to just like limited to drawing only one card a turn uh that's pretty brutal for them and then uh another card that we're seeing is dovin's veto which has just made it so that (laughs) it's just a two mana this spell can't be countered counter target non-creature spell that that's just like all right well you cast Let's just say whatever to fairy. I'm, I'm gonna counter it and be done with it. Uh, I don't I, like you don't really use this uh, Dovin's veto to fight the counter war as they could always just let the veto resolve and then counter the spell again. So you, what you're trying to do is fire this off on the spell that you're worried about. So veto's been huge. Teferi's been huge. Uh, you're seeing a, a splash of like uh, Oath of Kaya and D Sparks here and there, and uh, some decks running Ugin. So let me ask you the the big three essentially from this tournament. We had Mono Red, we had Simic Nexus, and then Esper. Especially if you kind of mash together Esper Control and Esper Midrange, I think they came in like fourth and fifth or something as far as the actual uh, metagame percentages. But if you call them close enough and throw them together, so Mono Red, Simic Nexus, Esper. Do you guys think? this is what players should be expecting moving forward as kind of the top tier of the format? Or is this a product of week one standard where aggro does well, Nexus is a deck that was already really good, Esper was a deck that was already really good, where you can just slot in a few new cards and kind of keep going with the same thing. So are these results going to be uh, relevant moving forward? Or can we chalk this up to it's week one and this is what week one looks like? Mono red, I would say you could chalk it up as week one. Um, and, and this also could just be a week one build of mono red. Uh, I've seen some try Sarkon the Masterless, which has been terrifying. Um, and, uh, like, and other cards like that. But Esper, you can definitely count on being one of the pillars of standard until, uh, Hero of Dominaria rotates. I definitely think that'll be there. <laughs> Solely on Krim alone. Yep. <laughs> the yep. analyzer's like, three thousands of games on Arena, Esper, and like, two thousand eight hundred are by some guy named the Asian Avenger. What's going on? <laughs> I mean, that. It is, it is true. Like, I, I do have a ridiculous amount of arena games played, and all of them have Teferi. <laughs> yeah, but e- Esper is a good deck now, so even if it was bad and Krim was forcing it, but uh, just <laughs> hey. too many Teferis. Like, could they not give Teferi a break? Like, they're like, ah, oh, you've been dominating standard. Have a little brother. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly think there could be a four mana Teferi, because we already have the six mana Teferi, right? Like, I love two mana Teferi, Krim. It's just like... <laughs> I mean, we can have, what, if, if Red Deck can have, like, 16, like, b- lightning bolts, why can't I have 16 Teferis? <laughs> so... So I think one of the interesting aspects of this weekend as far as standard was that the SCD Classic was actually a little bit different as far as the top eight. There was actually no mono red in the top eight. There was more Grixis control than Esper control. And then we also saw some spice. Uh, The Nexus decks were banned. There's a Mardu kind of aristocrats aggro deck. There's a Naya feather deck that made the top eight. So even though it didn't show up in the main tournament we still did see some pretty cool new decks thanks to the classic so uh, what do you guys think about the spice from the classic anything really stand out to you there um i saw a lot of like even it, although it wasn't like in the top eight of the the open uh there were also a fair amount of feather decks in the feature match yeah, we did see a lot of Feather on camera, and they looked pretty good in some of the feature match uh, matches. And I think uh, Feather, I've played it a little bit. I feel like it is a lot harder to build than uh, than some of these decks where you see them already being established from last standard. Like, Feather is kind of a brand new thing with a lot of new cards, and it's this weirdly synergistic deck. So I think that Feather is something I would say to keep an eye out for moving forward, because we already see, like, it started as Boros, now we see Nye in the top eight of the classic. So I think people are slowly like figuring out the best way to build a feather deck. Yeah. I mean, I, I've actually been running into a few of them and, you know, right now I, I've, I just see like, I, I think I like the just pure Boros one, but I, I don't know. The, the deck plays hilariously. Like, I don't know. It, I, I don't know how to describe it other than it's kind of like, just all it's all in on its few creatures that it has so i guess it's kind of like a standard boggles deck like seeing dreadhorde arcanist um <laughs> get 
Like I, I got, I got a completely like dunked on by like Samut's sprint on Dreadhorde Arcanist, and then like they swung, and I'm like, what is going on? I'm already, they already just like they dealt me like nine damage on like turn three, <laughs> and I'm like super duper close to dead already. And Dreadhorde Arcanist has three toughness, so it doesn't die to moment of craving. A little rude. I'm not gonna lie to you, a little rude. Yeah, I, yeah that deck can deal a ton of damage. Yeah, I like out the of nowhere. control deck here uh, by Chris Johnson. Otherwise known as Nickel Bolas Tribal, four Nickel Bolas the Ravagers, four Nickel Bolas Dragon God, and holy Batman mana symbols. Like every card in this deck has like three mana symbols on it. Like Enter the God Eternals, the Devil, the Deck Bedazzle, Discovery Dispersal. Like I don't know how anything was ever cast, but uh, they got the one Ugin in there in case the mana doesn't line up. They can just like <laughs> use six colorless, but oh, so many. So many sweet planeswalkers. Liliana's in here. Narsets. It's this. This is uh, some someone was like a planeswalker connoisseur here. Just put it all together <laughs> with a bunch of removal, and then went to town. This this deck seems like the heaviest uh, War of the Spark deck. Yeah, like this. This was a deck that I kind of assumed with the release of War of the Spark would get a huge power bump, and I can tell you this much: having played against it all weekend long. This deck is very good at uh, picking apart Esper. <laughs> yeah, it seems like where every single card goes over the top of Esper. Uh, I, I don't know if you can get down in time before Modern Ride kills you <laughs> running all of these cards. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> they're like, oh, Teferi, I'm like, here, Nickel Bull is Dragon God. What are you going to do about it? Ongrass Rampage is so good in this deck, too. Uh, like, Because it, it doesn't matter, right? Like, if the Esper deck tries to board into the, haha, I got the Thief plan, it's like, well, I still have an answer. Because... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> They just have so many ways to deal with all your Teferis. Like, cause you're, 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 they just run you out of threats. And the best part is I, they have Unmoored Ego, and I've seen people bring that in naming Teferi a hero of Dominaria. So, like, I have even less win conditions yeah. than I did before. And they're and, not and soft like, to little Teferi. Yeah. Like, it, like, they're not really trying to, like, counter me a ton. They, they're okay with playing tap out sorcery speed. Yeah. And Bedeck Bedazzle deals with his Kanta. So. <laughs> I I was just getting demolished by this and and God Dragon or Dragon God is so good. It's so good. It's definitely uh you know worth the triple black in its mana cost, but oh my gosh, is it good. <laughs> I can also tell you that that the mana cost of Dragon God, I can't tell you how many times I shock on turn five, real not realizing I don't have triple black. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna jam like Nico Volus. <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm gonna take two damage and pass. <laughs> so uh, the aristocrats list was also pretty sweet. Justin Parnell's list, but I gotta give a shout out to Zach Elzik. I mentioned this deck earlier. So Zach wasn't at the SCG event. He played a MCQ this weekend, a 142 player MCQ, and he came in second with. Flibblethrip and friends <laughs> and this is the sweetest deck I've seen in standards. So the deck is four Flibblethips, 21 Planeswalkers and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine different Planeswalkers. <laughs> five board wipes, Mox Amber, a couple of treasure maps and that's it. It's like the deck, it looks like a Super Friends deck but it's actually like static ability prison you yeah. have like dovin to tech spells narset to stop card draw to fairy makes your opponent play at sorcery speed you got tails in there you got sahili's to make tokens kismana makes it so your opponent can't kill your planeswalkers <laughs> it is it is just an absurd absurd deck so if you want to play just like all your sweet new or the smart cards i think this deck it's actually pretty good like second place in 142 player mcq is a good performance and i as soon as i saw it i threw it together on magic arena and started testing it and i've had some success with it as well so uh, definitely a shout out to that deck i expect you will see it a lot on magic arena because it's just such a sweet deck that once the word kind of gets out about it i expect a lot of people are gonna try it <laughs> time to pack like four elder spells <laughs> <laughs> yeah main deck Thankfully, Thankfully, no one's elder spelling yet, but <laughs> I elder spelled that would lost be a the other day. 
that's that's disappointing it is i've started to what do you think there's so many planeswalkers in standard and control on magic arena seems really heavily played uh at least that's been my experience on arena is tons of simic nexus and esper and grixis are like the main decks i play to the point where i've started like slotting a couple of sorcerer spyglasses into the main deck of some of my decks (laughs) Uh, i feel like we're almost getting to that point where you can play sorcerer spyglass main deck without (laughs) without it being silly or wrong i'm actually kind of on board with that in best of one specifically i i got dunked on by a mono green tron deck that's right mono green tron in standard (laughs) uh it played karn the great creator four of them four of them uh and then it, it just has every ramp spell in like in existence of standard uh and like it has nissa's triumph and and it plays ugin and new new nissa and i just could not keep up like <laughs> they they did everything they then they were able to like pull out god pharaoh's statue and then <laughs> just like make it so i could never play it as <laughs> Uh, oh, got him. Just killing, yeah. killing control players with cards Dude, like not even good enough for limited. <laughs> but it, like, it's, I, I never in my life did I ever think, oh, I'm so happy that artifact is legendary. Cause, cause, they, they, like, <laughs> cause like, I was like, when are they ever going to cast that? But I found out that it's very often that they will. And like, that, it's been, dude, it, it's been destroying me. I'm like, ah, cleansing Nova. Finally got rid of all those artifacts. Okay. Well, we're going to pl- get them all again because Karn, the great creator. <laughs> I think their their sideboard is just four sorcerer spyglass, four of the statues, and like four other things, and just wins on oh. Ugin. So I uh, that actually sounds really sweet. I actually have been messing around with a mono white deck similar to that, and you can like uh, right now people outside of like mono red, people are so greedy as far as playing basic lands because mm-hmm. everyone's playing these like three color decks with like two basics. So Karn it, to tutor up Crucible Worlds out of your sideboard and just Field of Ruin every turn is oh. actually like <laughs> super legit against a lot of the control decks in the format. Like that actually is really hard for a lot of the control decks to beat. It's so brutal. I, it feels so bad. But but yeah, like I mean, their best of one has been really wonky. By the way, with all the the War of the Spark stuff. I might be contributing to that also, but <laughs> like legitimately I've, I've played some of the coolest games in best of one right now. Like so, so many funny cards. And as you know, I, I, I play with masterminds acquisition and I've been getting the wanderer and playing it against mono red after they've exhausted their resources. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so, it's so crazy right now out there in best of one. So before we move on to other topics, I got to ask you, any disappointments? Are there any cards that you were really thinking, okay, this is going to show up and it didn't show up yet and maybe it'll still show up in a couple couple weeks, but were there any more of the Spark cards in specific that kind of disappointed in this weekend for not making an impact? Um, I thought Bantu. I thought Bantu would have shown up, but I just realized, like, because I, I tried to actually force Bantu. Believe it or not, I played a non-controlly deck and... uh <laughs> I try to make Bantu happen and there was no window where I really got to jam a Bantu, right? Cause it, it, it although you could say like a, a ton of like maybe like Golgari or Soltai's creatures are expendable and the fact that you can get them back, it's fine. But I'm like trading off my board presence and, and that's a losing battle. Like I don't, I don't want to just take my board, like, like all the creatures I have on board and then try to draw a few cards. Like there was never a, just a really good window to cast Bantu. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I've been a little disappointed to not see Bonto because I love that card. I think I'm going to stick with the gods. I was a little disappointed we didn't see Ilharg or Ilharg plus Ronas. There were a few a few gruel aggro slash mid-range decks that easily could have played that package. It's a package that I've been dying to on uh, on Magic Arena on occasion. People just play like Rhythm of the Wilds and then Ilharg and put like Galt <laughs> into play and you die out of nowhere or Ronas into play. But the gruel decks that showed up at the SCG event, we didn't see either of the gods in them. They're relying mostly... There are some new Planeswalkers in some of them, but it's mostly the old threats. Rekindling Phoenixes, Skargan Hellkites. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe we'll find the gods showing up in some of those gruel stompy lists eventually, but so far, it seems like that really hasn't translated over into paper tournaments, even though they show up on Magic Arena pretty regularly. Yeah, I... I... I was a little sad about that too, because I wanted to see the Borgod and all of that. And like, much like you said, the shenanigans of just dropping a Ronus. But, 
Uh, and like they've been dropping the Skargan Hellkites for just pretty much uh, Sarkon uh, as the five slot, which. By the way, <laughs> I, I just like quick little bit here. I got to use Little Teferi to instant speed Akaya's Wrath when they animated Sarkon and their few other planeswalkers. <laughs> Ooh, got him. That's that's pretty sweet. Oh, so good. Anyway, uh, any other standard thoughts before we move on to other topics? I'd like to see more Arcbow. I don't know if all the lists are final right now, but like I think Dreadhorde Butcher, that's a card that kind of also had a, a, a bit of buzz in the beginning and then kind of just dipped off. Yeah, I think, and I think there's still time. I think those are some of the harder decks to build. I will say, looking at the Bant midrange deck that we were talking about earlier, that seems like a deck that you could easily play a couple arc bows in. It seems like that deck is almost just built to have Arcbow in it. You have 29 creatures, you're playing at instant speed thanks to Vivian. So I, I'm curious if we get to the point where people are at least trying Arcbows in that style of deck. Yeah, like that's that's pretty much like the shell I was starting to look at and maybe trying it out of a few. Like I was trying a more creature-heavy Grawl and using it, but uh, that, that just was like, there was no point. It's just better to play normal Grawl. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like, I mean, that, that's definitely one of the cards I, I want to see more of, uh, for, for at least standard, uh, standard sake. Well, the good news is there is still time. This was just week one. We still have a lot of War of the Spark standard to come. So hopefully some of the sweet cards that didn't quite find the right home immediately will show up in coming weeks because uh, I think there's still a lot of power in War of the Spark that is kind of untapped just looking at the top finishing decks from this weekend and I really think a lot of it is it's hard to build a really good deck around a new card that can compete in a tournament when the set just released officially a couple of days ago. So I think a lot of those cards that are kind of missing this week definitely still have a chance to show up as we move through War of the Spark standard. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, I think, I think like Grixis could get more powerful. We might see a Grixis mid-range list as opposed to control. I mean, although some would say the control we have now is pretty much mid-range, right? You're still tapping out. It's not typical control. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, we're going to move on and talk about the release of uh, our new Mythic Edition in just a minute. But before we do, got to tell you that our sponsor today is Audible. And Audible makes us smarter and more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible has many inspiring voices and compelling stories that open listeners to new experiences and ways of thinking. It also has a convenient app where you can listen to Audible anytime at the gym while commuting and on the go on any device. Uh, so I have to say, uh, Audible, they also have some magic stuff. They actually have the new War of the Spark Ravnica novel. So if you are looking to maybe listen to War of the Spark Ravnica while you're at the gym or on the road, seems like a really cool way to take advantage of that over at Audible. So uh, you can Start your free 30-day Audible trial and get your first audiobook plus two Audible originals for free by visiting audible.com slash mtggoldfish or text mtggoldfish to 500-500. That is audible.com slash mtggoldfish or just text mtggoldfish to 500-500. So thanks to Audible for supporting the show. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about Mythic Edition. So, uh, Richard... We can be track of this at all this week. Uh, we had our new Mythic Edition. Why don't you tell people how that went? All right. So I derped and forgot about Mythic Edition. <laughs> and what, what happened was that, you know, this year it's on eBay, right? And it's been on eBay for a couple of Mythic Editions now. To prevent kind of the fiasco of the Hasbro Toy Shop not working, well, it turns out eBay is not immune to this. They went up with without the ability without the restriction of the quantity sold. So people like totally overbought uh, Mythic Edition. And then they had to refund everyone. And then for some reason, they refunded everyone incorrectly by forgetting to refund tax. And then uh, I think the latest news is they've sorted all that out. They've refunded a lot of orders. So a lot of people bought orders, got them refunded, but they've got it refunded. And then they actually got a coupon on top of that. But... 
a lot of people, like a lot of people bought Mythic Edition. So we know the demand is out there, but all of them were canceled, except for the original quantity run that WotC stated. Because people were thinking, hey, maybe they screwed up, they'll like print more, or like turns out WotC has like a stash of Mythic Edition they're willing to let go. Like, <laughs> nope, they just went ahead and canceled everyone. And like, oh, PR disaster. Like, I don't... Ooh, I don't know how this happened. It was eBay. This was supposed to be legitimate now. And uh, also international folks had like absurd shipping on it. Uh, and I, I, I don't know what's going on. Seth, what, so, what was it from your perspective? So to put the numbers in context before getting into it, there's 12,000 copies of Mythic Edition that Wizards is selling. And eBay tracks how many how many items have sold, and it got up to around 50,000 uh, <laughs> that were ordered. So that is literally 40,000 people that had to have their orders canceled. So yeah, it was it was sort of, it was kind of a funny disaster, because everyone kind of expected Hasbro Toy Shop to have issues, because it always has issues with products like this, but no one really expected this to happen with eBay. So everyone went on, tried to buy their stuff at uh, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, whatever time it was, uh, that it went live and it seemed like it worked and that we uh people got in their orders i tried to get one mine like hung up during payment and then it was out of stock so i figured okay i just wasn't fast enough i missed it but then on social media like things kept trickling in from people about getting messages that their order was canceled and then they put more back up for sale for some reason because of the first uh error yeah, so people no start buying like, again we, we totally and then oversold. those got Let's canceled put more and, on sale <laughs> like what? Yeah, it was it was a disaster from so many different levels and then uh yeah, people were getting cancellations like 2 days after ordering. So th- people were left in limbo for like 48 hours thinking that they had got it and then all of a sudden they get an email like sorry, your order is canceled. We'll give you a $20 coupon from eBay and <laughs> Wizards is going to do something nice for you in the future and uh, so I don't I don't know. Like is, how did this happen? Like, isn't eBay not not supposed to have this happen? D- does eBay crash? Is that a thing that happens? Or are we, like, Some, so crazy about magic configuration that we managed- setting in. <laughs> someone was like, oh, did you put the limit in? No? I thought Bob was going to do it. He didn't do it either? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Somebody got chewed out. <laughs> Somebody got chewed well, out. Well, <laughs> conspiracy tinfoil hat. What if Watsy did it to gauge demand? That they know that they can sell 50,000 Mythic Editions in like, you know, three (laughs) hours. So next time they can up the number and they know how to extract, you know, extract maximum value from us that they have that data. Because that's the first time we've seen that number, right? We don't know. We didn't know how what the demand for this product would be, right? We know it's going to sell out. And yeah, we all know that, right? But now we know that 50,000 people wanted this. Right, so yeah. it's it'll tell you, and you know what's the current price, crib? Like, it's like twelve hundred bucks on eBay or something. Twelve like hundred bucks on eBay, like we know the demand for I this looked. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, and 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 like much like uh, Seth brought up too, like the demand for this set is crazy and like a lot of people are left in limbo i know my group of friends <laughs> everyone was sitting around waiting it was a couple days after and they're like still nervous they're like i don't know if i'm actually going to get it though they haven't sent me the email am i going to get it blah 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 and i i'm i'm surprised they didn't want to release more considering that you know this i i would say this is the best mythic edition it has and yes because jace is in it but but like the, this this was the one that i think everybody wanted right you had ugin you had jace you had the tezzeret you had the super sweet apex predator art uh i i was ca- kind of bummed i didn't get it get this one Ugh. do you think they could have yeah. released more though like i think there'd be a second outrage of people saying look you promised to print twelve thousand, and you ended up printing eighty thousand. like Oh, we we actually already had that outrage because, like, there were some YouTube videos from people that that were ranting and raving and saying it's fraud. A hypothetical situation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's people that are going to complain about that, but I I mean, like, it's fine. Just I mean, like, release more, like twenty thousand, like make it twenty thousand, like just, but like announce it up front because that you like. I think this one, yeah. This one is such a popular lineup of planeswalkers that I, I'm surprised they did just from the get go just say we're gonna do like twenty, thirty thousand. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would be what I would say too. Like I don't think you can release more after you said this yeah. is limited, there's only twelve thousand, but I think 
hopefully next time, now that Wizards knows how much demand there is for these, that uh, they will maybe increase that print run a bit, because the numbers are pretty staggering. Even the 12,000 copies, that's $3 million in, like, six minutes. And if you go up to, like, 50,000, which was the number that people wanted to buy before the cancellations happened, that was, like, 12 million or 12.5 million in less than an hour, maybe 45 minutes. That is, even for Hasbro and Wizards, that's reasonable money. Like, that is a big amount of money in a really short period of time. So, uh, I, I don't know. Just took that money and put it into the Mythic Championship prize pool. <laughs> like, oh, I, they could they could do so. They, they, they have the ability to print money. Like, that is what Watsy <laughs> could do, right? And I, I still understand why they can't take advantage of this. Like, all the games do it. The next Mythic Invitational or Mythic Championship, they should just make some random Hasbro toy shop promos and say, the money we make from this will fund the next tournament and then have it be promo whatever. And then it will sell like wildfire. We will have like $100 million esports tournaments and then be cool. And yeah, like we are literally working with a company that can print money on paper. That is literally what is happening. It's crazy. <laughs> but I think Wizard is like, well, couldn't we just do that and have the money go into our pocket instead of going for a tournament? Yes, but they could get public goodwill by... <laughs> by it, they could just say, like, we'll give 30% to the tournament prize pool. 70% for, you know, cost Even of the Even 30% artist. is a lot. It is. So, it yeah. will be a lot, right? It, it like, 30% ridiculous. of 10 million is 3 million, right? It'll <laughs> still be bigger than the biggest Magic tournament, right? So, yeah. So... What do you guys think moving forward for Mythic Edition? Assuming that they're going to keep doing this, which my guess would be they will because it's so incredibly profitable and easy for them. Um, what do you think they do next time? Do you think they still just sell them on eBay? Uh, is there any... I've heard some other suggestions, like sell it for a set period of time rather than a set number of copies. Uh, some people want them to go back to local game stores and spread them out that way. Although, as we saw with From the Vaults, that leads to its own issues with really limited supply products uh, going to local game stores. So what do you think? Uh, are there going to be any changes or would you suggest any changes for selling the next Mythic Edition? I'm waiting for the buy a box promo to come in Mythic Edition only. So I think soon enough we will have a standard legal card that is only available in Mythic Edition. Something like that. Oh, like the oh boy. Uh, what, what was that artifact? Like the very like Mana Vault or what was it? One Mana of those Crypt? Mana Crypt. Like was only available as a promo. I believe we will eventually see something like that. Oh boy, I can imagine the Reddit threads now. People will not be pleased unless it's like a really really bad card. <laughs> Can it will start really that, bad, though? like they always do, and then they're like, wait, it's not selling like we want it to, and then they'll, they'll, they'll suddenly turn into two mana to fairy, right? Like, yeah. Don't don't, don't, oh. don't say that, Richard, my heart. Yeah. I, can't, I can't handle that this early in the morning. <laughs> uh, well, they would get a place that's worth out of Krim, at least. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, just saying, you know, I'm ready for that Teferi spellbook whenever. <laughs> whenever. I'll pre-order that right now. Yeah, but I do think they'll do something because we just saw that they can snap their fingers and in three hours make $10 million. And I'm pretty sure they're brainstorming ways to take advantage of that in the future because soon enough, you'll run out of Mythic Edition things to do and they'll come up with something new. So I wonder, I wonder what that'll be. But I do think eBay is the right place. Like if eBay can't handle it, Hasbro Toy Shop definitely can't handle it. So uh, I think they'll just make sure Bob sets the configuration correctly next time people are going live. <laughs> yeah, I actually feel a little bit bad for Wizards this time because it does seem like a lot of the problems are on eBay's end. Like, when it was happening on Hasbro Toy Shop and we all told them, like, don't do this, your toy shop isn't going to handle this, so they were just like, yeah, it'll be fine, and it was a disaster, then it's fair to criticize Wizards. But in this case... I think Wizards really tried to do the best thing by going to eBay, and it still didn't work out, so I do feel a little bad that they had this big PR mess that this time I really don't think was uh, their fault, at least primarily their fault. Yeah, definitely not their fault at all. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Much like you said, like, they actually did take into account all of people's, uh, all the people's, like, you know, yelling at them <laughs> about, about the last time. So, it's just unfortunate that, like, you know, as we talk about the next Mythic Edition... There will not be, like, I guarantee you the next Mythic Edition will not be as good as this one. This is, like, the best Mythic Edition. And, and, and like, uh. what, what if it <laughs> yeah. was the same set of planeswalkers, but Japanese alternate art? 
Oh. Oh. Yes, I want that. Oh, that would be so sick. But like, yeah, like that's just the problem with this missing out on this specific mythic edition. Like the the they can't reprint it, right? Like I, I think that would that would be a feel bad kind of thing if they reprint it and they say it's limited, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just unfortunate that on the most popular one, this happens. Yeah, or maybe this happened because it was the most popular one. The last one went on eBay, right? And that yeah. one, that one kind of went off without a hitch. I think it was actually available for like a couple of hours. Like I, it didn't sell out super quick, like in minutes, like it did with this one. So maybe part of the problem was because this was such a such a good one that literally everyone was trying to get it. Because even if you don't care about the cards, it was just free money. As you were saying, they're selling for $1,200 on eBay now. So if you <laughs> got in your order, that's Ugh. like a free $1,000 just for like clicking fast on your computer. Yeah. And like this, this is my question. Like, what do you, what do you think, uh, Seth and Richard? How, what do you think the amount, like how many of these mythic editions went to scalpers that's the thing that bugs me <laughs> probably a decent amount yeah i think people that were getting them to resell them i think probably i would say most of them yeah. i would think Let's... people that didn't start out as scalpers but then they're like you're telling me this is twelve hundred dollars <laughs> like uh, i guess i could do away with foiled fairy right like so I think I think there are some percentage of people that were going to resell no matter what, and other people just wanted the cards. But now they're like, ah, oh, I could I could buy a modern deck here, right? Like I think I'll <laughs> yeah. go buy modern, right? So yeah. I think you can I would be get a Jace for the Jace from this set for like what 250, 300 bucks, which is how much the Mythic Edition sold for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I would be tempted to resell if I had gotten one just at, at the prices. Like, it would be very hard for me to see the prices and be like, oh, I could buy the regular versions of these cards for $250, $300. Like, I I was intending on just keeping it, but if I had gotten one and saw it was this valuable, I would definitely be tempted to sell. Oh, yeah. The temptation's definitely there. I mean... It, <laughs> Wow, you made five times the amount <laughs> you paid for. Oh, unbelievable. I'll take that deal every time, right? I will say, I would like them to go to one per person, I think, rather than two. So 12,000 people actually get a copy rather than, like, sculptors being able to get two each. Like, I think <sighs> I think that might be better. I'm okay. I'm okay with two, right? Because if I could, I would buy two myself. Not just to, like, sell, but because I like having one. And then playing with one. Ah, uh, so just like collecting one yeah. and leaving it untouched more or less. That makes sense. I mean, I'm not surprised they do the the two, right? Because I, I remember going to the first San Diego Comic Con where the black on black planeswalkers were there and they were getting sold for like 75 bucks, right? And the limit, the, they didn't have a limit yet. <laughs> and I actually, oh uh, no, they did have a limit. They had it for two. And I, I, I definitely went down the line and I was just like, getting as many people to get it for me <laughs> because <laughs> I, I love these planes augers. I wanted to have a play set of each. Um, so uh, like this, th- I, it makes sense. They do the limit of two. They, they've done that with all their exclusives that I, I've seen. And I'm okay with that. I like it. All right. We're going to Krim's house and drafting. <laughs> 24 yeah, so pack can, <laughs> more of this fire. We can draft our mythic edition instead <laughs> of just buying a Krim box. has sealed products sitting around, right? What do you think? <laughs> <Yeah>. Sealed products. <laughs> Let's just crack this box open. What yeah. is this? <laughs> Uh, all right, so that was War of the Spark. That was Mythic Edition. I think that means it's time for some fish mail. So, Richard, take it away. All right. If you have questions, send them to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishMail, and we'll get to your questions on air. Motherfogger85 with Kiora's static ability <laughs> and her loyalty ability allowing players to ramp into big creatures quickly, do you think we'll see a competitive Sarkin's unsealing deck? What about Uncommon Kiora here for Standard? So I think Uncommon Kiora is powerful, and I guess it would work well with big creatures and Sarkin's Unsealing. So far, Sarkin's Unsealing has been in the format for a long time, though, and it's never really caught on, and I'm not sure if Kiora will change that from a like tournament standpoint. I, I think Kiora has a higher chance of being played just because it's Kiora with that passive than Sarkon's uh, unsealing, fun sealing, if you would. Uh, <laughs> it, it My issue with it in Standard has been that it is a four-mana card that actually does nothing when you play it, right? And it's heavily dependent on you actually hitting a creature with uh, the power requirement 
and all of that, the turns after, and I don't know, the format, turn four and five is kind of like the, almost the deciding point, right? Like, I mean, there's, I wouldn't say it's the deciding point, but it's a, a very important turn. Um, like, if I tap out for that and they play Teferi and then tuck it, or bounce it with little Teferi, instead of playing something like a Phoenix, you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather just play a Phoenix there, make it so that it's awkward for them to board wipe, et cetera, et cetera. I think the other thing uh, about Sarkin's own ceiling that's kind of troubling is the format's pretty prepared for enchantments. Because of Wilderness Reclamation, uh, and also, like, Search for Ascanta, a lot of the top decks you'll play in Standard have some sort of plan, at least out of the sideboard, or even in the main deck, like Mortify or whatever, Thrashing Brontodon, to deal with... Yeah, Night of Autumn to deal with uh, an enchantment. So that's the worst case. And it happens more often than you think that you spend your fourth turn doing nothing to cast it. And then your opponent just blows it up and you get time walked. And it's a really bad tempo swing. And it happens a lot because everyone's so prepared for Wilderness Reclamation. Yeah, e- even even Grixis now has something to deal with it in Ugin. Before, like, yeah. okay, maybe if you saw a Grixis deck, like, haha, this enchantment's going to stay forever. <laughs> All right, Tilveri, Tilveri Colgate, would you like to see Flusterstorm in Modern or Popper? Uh, Definitely. Popper, no. Modern, yes. And I I will call this right now. Flusterstorm's going to be in Modern Horizons. I will be shocked if Flusterstorm is not in that set. So I think not only would I like it, I think it's going to happen in very short order. I think Counterspell will happen. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think that's I think that's a given too. Well, yeah, I think like brainstorm will definitely. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think Buster Storm is fine. I don't, I don't see it. It's just a counter spell. Like we have Swan Song and things like that, right? So I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it being a problem. I'm just sorry. You just had me thinking. Like, what if, what if I had a Narset and they, they're playing brainstorms? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what if you flash in Narset somehow in response to a brainstorm? Oh. There's that uh, new land. <laughs> War, hashtag MTG war. Cow uh. <laughs> Molinari, any thoughts on using Karn the Great Liberator in Mono Green Tron in Modern with a toolbox sideboard and just one Mycosynth Lattice? Have any of you guys got got by Karn in Modern <laughs> with the uh, one-off combo there? I have gotten got by Karn Liberated, not by that one. <laughs> wow, that's a shocker. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Brand so, new. And then he ulamogged me. He had no soul. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You, I, I thought that was just me. <laughs> so I personally have not gotten got by it, but I have seen pictures of people getting got by it. I haven't seen it in Mono Green Tron, but I've seen some Mono Blue Tron decks playing Karn the Great Creator, and it's catching on in some Legacy decks as well. There's like a Mono White deck. This deck is actually pretty hilarious, and I might play it, but it's got four Karn Cyanoverses, four Karn the Great Creators, and six Ugins between Ineffable <laughs> and Spirit Dragon. So you're just playing like 14 colorless planes walkers it does have mycosynth lattice so uh people are getting got by it and i think it is a somewhat legitimate plan it just hasn't happened to me personally yet but i'm sure it will eventually i'm hoping <laughs> it never happens to me so <laughs> <laughs> if, if i could go my, the rest of my life without having it happen to me i'm a-okay <laughs> i am a-okay <laughs> all right chain freeze how did your company and website name come to be oh wait no how did your website and company come to be Oh, oh, well, that's a, that's a Richard question. One day, I wanted to track moto prices. <laughs> so I built something to track moto prices. People liked it. And then one day, I saw Seth talking about moto prices. So I said, Seth, would you like to write content on the website? And he said yes. And then we did it. And then one day, I said, Krim, would you like to make content on MTG Goldfish? And Krim said yes. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> And here uh, we this are. was after you, you forgot to give him the backstory where we play each other all the time at FNMs. Hush, hush. I have not <laughs> lost that- to Krim or Seth ever in any game of Magic. <laughs> I'm undefeated. Well, I, 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 think- I, I mystical teachings for Torrential Gear Hulk. <laughs> oh, I think that's. 
<laughs> I think that story is pretty pretty accurate. The only thing I would add is you, when you first messaged me and were like, hey, do you want to write on this website? I was like, is this real? Like, I don't even know. And I don't think I wrote back to you. So you had to message me again a few days later. Uh, and I was like, okay, this is probably actually history. legitimate. Did, 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 did Seth ignore me and like wow, ghost me? Ghosted Richard. Yeah, Can you believe that? That is... That is my re- my memory of the first <laughs> message because I didn't know if it was actually legitimate. I I just had never crossed my mind to make magic content. I was just <laughs> like writing Richard stuff guy on Reddit, trying to steal my yeah. information, <laughs> <laughs> being fished, <laughs> yeah, being goldfished, goldfished. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Tank 18. Big fan of the podcast, website, and articles. Since I trust in you guys a lot, what modern deck should I take to Dallas? Hollow One. Esper Control. <laughs> That's not on the list, Crib. <laughs> Hollow oh. One, Mardu Pyromancer, or Bant Spirits. I'm really worried about Graveyard Hate. Um, uh, I would also be very worried about Graveyard Hate. I haven't seen Mardu Pyromancer in a while. That deck seems to have really fallen off. I guess out of those choices. the Spirits. I would probably also say Spirits. It does the best job of avoid- avoiding the graveyard, and I'm not sure how well-positioned either Hollow One or Pyromancer are at the moment. Well, actually, no. I actually would go with Hollow One. It has some pretty explosive starts, because the other matchups have a miserable time uh, against Tron. I, I feel that's also, like, yeah, I feel like with how, how much Tron is running around, but maybe that's just because of the London Mulligan rule. And that changes because, you know, with Moto now shifting back to the normal uh, mulligan rule. But <laughs> I got I got got by that. I, I don't think I told you guys this story. That Neoform combo deck we talked about last week. I mm-hmm. was like, all right, I'm going to like record a league with this. It's going to be awesome. I signed up and went to the league and I like got my opening hand. It was horrible. And I mulliganed. I was like, oh, my God, there's no London mulligan rule. And I just mulliganed <laughs> to like three every game and conceded the league after two matches. And was like, all right, I'm not doing, I'm not How doing this after How many times did you all. yell Moto bug <laughs> before letting it sink in? <laughs> uh, yes, that was that was fun. I'm really sad it's gone, by the way. So It'll probably return. It seems like the general consensus from people is they want it back, even though I'm, I'm still nervous about it for older formats, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. Run Thunder Snow. For Corset 2020, what are the chances Garrick comes back and in Garrick's wake comes with him? Um, I Mark Rosewater did a panel at MC London saying that if you didn't see your favorite planeswalkers here now, that's because no, uh, <laughs> yes, they're dead. <laughs> we killed them. <laughs> or they, there's a plan for them uh, somewhere down the line, maybe somewhere else. Maybe we don't know. And I think he also actually said on his blog at one point too, specifically that they know people want Garrick to come back yeah. and it would be coming back. So I don't know if it'll be M20, but if you're a Garrick fan, I would be shocked if we didn't have Garrick back and maybe even like a Garrick set where Garrick is one of the main characters uh, in the not too distant future. Maybe Garrick's the new Nicobo loss. Now that we don't have like Emrakul's gone, Nicobo loss is gone. We need what a, do you new, mean, Seth? a new big bad like character so maybe Garrick will just come back and be like the villain uh, for the next year or two. Yeah, what if Watsy decides there's too many planeswalkers and they need to kill half of them and Garrick comes back? <laughs> he has the infinity sock. <laughs> the, the infinity uh, axe, yes, yes. He has the infinity axe. <laughs> yes. One epic pug. Thinking about the conspiracy theory controversy, do you feel pressure to self-censor your magic opinions? Are you ever afraid of community backlash or wizards disassociating from you? For example, no more preview cards or streamer event invites. No, not really. My... My goal has always been just to be honest and share my opinion honestly uh, and try to do that in a constructive way. So that's always been my goal, and that's still my goal. So uh, that's my thinking, at least, is say what I feel is the truth and let the chips fall as they may. I, I am always 110% me, so <laughs> uh, I, I will not, like, I, 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 like, what I think and whatnot is not swayed by, like, you know, oh, we'll... we'll Watsy not give me a preview card or something like that. I mean, it could be swayed if they tell me that they're going to ban Teferi, but like, that's, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> you must take one for Teferi. <laughs> for, so Teferi can live. Yeah. Kirk must give up his spark so that Teferi can go on. 
<laughs> Run Thunder Snow. I started Arena a month ago. Come rotation. Will Watsy do any cheap or free drafts with the cards rotating out of standard? Ixalan Block, Dominaria, or Core 2019? I want to get some for if they make standard plus. What do you guys they, th- What do you think will happen when rotation happens? Because standard plus is going to be uh, pretty weak sauce at that point, right? Like, we're not going to have that many cards. I mean, we can. We have cards dated all the way back to, like, what, Shadows over Innistrad, right? Oh, do you think they'll like, bring those back, like the, the beta sets that are currently I not mean, in existence? I mean, they're already there, right? I mean, why not? I'm, we, like, I, I'm sure people would love a non-rotating format. Uh, I mean, like, th- think about things like, I don't know, Glint Sleeve Siphoner into, like, Thief of Sanity. <laughs> oh, boy. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> Kaladesh has so many problematic cards, though. I'm almost... I'm almost wondering if it would be a negative for the format. Like, no. I, I don't know no. what they'll okay, do. Okay. Maybe it, they it just start broken. with this, the ban list from standard. I actually think you can take off most of the ban, uh, ban except for like Aetherworks Marvel. I mean, that one, just no. But uh, like, I think those, like energy, that whole mechanic and everything was a problem within its, you know, within its time. But does it hold up? with all the other sets like is it still that big of a problem there's just not that many other sets yet i would assume like five years from now maybe it wouldn't be but if it's just like two standards pushed together energy would probably still be really good really you think i mean like okay i guess is it's not that it's not a good like mechanic or anything it's obviously good but is it better than like the decks that we have now. I mean, like we didn't have Teferi back then. We didn't have all the answers we have now. Uh, you know, like we we have like even D Spark and and stuff like that. Like I I think I think there's a lot uh, right now. Well, if they throw down an Emrakul and take your turn and then tuck your own Teferi, like I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I was gonna do that anyways. Do you, do you just kind of expedited this, that process. We had this conversation way back. You're like. Uh, every girl's not that good. You just take your opponent's turn. What could go wrong, right? And then you see people, they're like eight we cards have... up. Your opponent slams a, uh, an Evercrawl, and then you proceed to somehow lose all eight cards, and like your board is decimated <laughs> on like one turn. You're like, how did this even happen? <laughs> the answer is uh, you just don't let it happen. You unmoored ego it, and problem solved. That's true. We, we do have... Remember that was the <laughs> standard where we didn't have answers, and we didn't have, like, really good sideboard cards and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I think with all the card pool... Like, just thinking strictly from Shadows over Innistrad to where we are right now, our answers are very good. We have so many good answers, so many, like, powerful decks, so many... Like, I mean, okay, maybe maybe the Sahili combo thing shouldn't be around, but, like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Like, okay, I admit that. That cannot be there. But, <laughs> and Etherworks Marvel, and yes, Kaladesh does have, is the, the center point of all these problematic cards, but. This is how they keep the format fresh. You start with this, let let it be like Etherworks Marvel Winter or whatever, then you ban it, then let it be Sahili Combo Winter, then you ban that, <laughs> and then you have like basically three standard plus formats for the price of one. I, I just never I was, want to be in a teamer mid-range, teamer energy format again. That was so bad. Like that, that was really bad. I will say, if they do bring back older sets for Standard Plus, I'm sure they will have a plan for getting cards out there. I don't know if they'll do free drafts, but I'm sure they will do drafts or something so players can get access to those cards. Yeah. But they, uh, but it is confirmed there will be some kind of standard plus. They don't like with rotation. Oh, they're definitely. Yeah, we know there's a standard plus. We don't know if they'll bring back the old sets necessarily. But yeah, they may actually bring back more sets too. They could actually just like implement, say, like the two sets before arena launch too, right? So they could actually go in that direction too. But oh, that sounds like a lot of work. For a hundred percent, they're the not going to be like, sorry, right? don't play Magic Arena anymore. Your cards rotated. <laughs> they will not be doing that. So they'll. They'll have some plan. The question is, will it affect paper in any way? Or will they just be like, no, this is an arena-only thing? I mean, I, I I don't think they're afraid to do arena-only things, right? We've got best of one, uh, stuff like that. So Yeah, but they could just be like, here is standard plus, and then next year we have two standard plus Grand Prix. Something like that. Right? <laughs> I think it might I'm get there eventually. I'm so excited thinking about that. <laughs> the, I don't know if people are excited for standard plus, though, honestly. Like, in ge- like it, excited because it lets you keep playing your cards, but most of the people that I've seen talking about it, and my feelings too, are that, like, it probably won't be that 
good of a format immediately because it's a pretty small card pool for being like a eternal format quote unquote so i think maybe it'll come to standard uh to paper eventually but i would be surprised if it launched in paper and arena at the same time yeah i mean i'd almost think they'd start on arena and then if it's popular then we would see it trickle over into standard in a year or two it is or se- paper. it would essentially just be extended right so for, for <sighs> if it rotates we don't really know if it'll rotate or not yeah, I mean, they're going to want a non-rotating, and yeah, then I guess eventually... build another one. <laughs> like, we built yeah. extent... Wait a minute, we didn't solve the problem. <laughs> now we got to... <laughs> yeah, they'll do something. Or they could actually just go casual. They could be like, okay, you can play Arena Singleton or something with all sets, or... I guess Brawl doesn't count. They could make... <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> new, new Brawl. <laughs> Brawl Plus, yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> all right, last question. Luke Knight, 911. Seth, how have you not played more Primal Amulet? It's Panarmonicon for spells. Wilderness Reclamation plus Amulet makes for some great expansion explosions. I've done 148 damage and made them draw 148 cards. I've also taken 7 turns off one Nexus spell. Ooh, that's a good question. I guess I'm about due. I know we played it a little bit after it first came out, but I just kind of forgot about it and started playing other things so maybe it's time to revisit primal amulet because it is a really cool card all right that's all of our fish meal for this week thank you to everyone who sent it in if you have questions send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish mail and we'll get to your questions on air and I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 223 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to Audible for supporting the show. Thanks to everyone for listening. And, yeah, until next week, this is the crew signing out. <laughs>